0: So, hello, everyone. I'd like to welcome you all to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column. I'm your host, Lee Nichols, Vice President of Content and Editor-in-Chief of Hydrocarbon Processing. Now, we have a very special guest joining us today, Paul Barna. He is the Southwest West Regional Sales Manager at RDI Technologies. Now, today, we're going to be diving into the topic of motion amplification, what it is, how it works, and the major benefits of it. Now, we got a lot to get to today on this edition of The Main Column, so let's go ahead and get started and welcome in our guest. Paul, how are you doing today?
1: Doing great, Lee. Thanks for having me on.
0: Absolutely, and, and thanks for giving us a couple of minutes here uh, to discuss the, this kind of technology. Um, now, before we dive into the discussion here, can you tell us a little bit more about RDI Technologies and your role with the company?
1: Yeah, I would love to. RDI Technologies is actually the original inventor of motion amplification where we, in essence, take high-definition video and we turn each individual pixel, so 2.3 million pixels plus, inside of that high-definition video. Each one of those becomes an actual sensor where we can effectively measure the actual displacement, and how much movement each one of those pixels is occurring. And the key to the motion amplification is that the human naked eye really can't resolve less than about 4 mils or the thickness of human hair or piece of paper. And by amplifying that, you can see what the naked eye cannot see. Now, my role with RDI is I am the regional sales manager for RDI. I actually began my career 32 years ago with SKF where I started out as an actual PDM service technician, progressed into managing service technicians, and ultimately became the US service and systems engineering manager for condition monitoring and services with SKF and took an early retirement with them back in 2018 and then began continuing my career with RDI in 2019.
0: Excellent and and that's what I want to get into is is this uh, technology of motion amplification because it's pretty fascinating stuff so just to start the conversation and I mean how did you hear or see about this technology and then as kind of a follow-up to that What made you want to introduce motion amplification to the masses, and more specifically to the oil and gas sector?
1: Yeah, one of the big things that we used to do as technicians, and I perform the services as well as other people within the organization, was we oftentimes spent weeks and almost months just performing operating deflection shape studies where we needed to understand the base and structural issues, how those would affect bearing, bearing seats, uh, how that affected the L-10 life. But the technology was introduced to me while I was managing the US services in late 2016. And after reviewing that technology that was out there, I could see very quickly the value in motion amplification not only to my business but the value that that brought to the customers the video outputs are truly what I would say sell the product you no longer have to provide them with rudimentary models they can actually see their own piece of equipment and it's very quickly gets to the results of what's going on. The biggest thing that I think is there is when you're reviewing models from an operating deflection shape, a lot of times people always ask you, well, how much is that moving? Inside of our technology with RDI, our cursor ultimately becomes a virtual sensor where we're able to simply click, drag and drop a box, which we refer to as a region of interest or ROI, and it results in both the X and Y coordinates according to the field of view and provides you that actual data. So you can tell them exactly how much it's moving. If you go back to the old fashioned way of collecting it with sensors and modeling it, It could take hours where you have to go back into another software where you collected the hardware, what time that occurred in that recording and you have to dig through mountains of data to get to that point where you collected the data to then tell them how much it was actually moving. So it simplifies the complex.
0: Oh, I agree. Yeah, and and that's one of the other areas that kind of is a great segue into my next question. And and you kind of touched on a little bit here. And of course, that's benefit to the customers. So, uh, can you talk a little bit more about how uh, you know this non-contact, non-destructive technology has been a value to your current oil and gas customers?
1: Yeah, biggest value, of course, that I personally feel, and I would say they really buy into is the safety aspect of it because visual technology and utilizing the video as the camera of the future and how it records it's 100 non-contact so in essence if we can see it we can ultimately measure it the next value that i would say is you are utilizing each pixel as an actual individual sensor So instead of having a standard condition monitoring where you may take two radial readings and one axial per bearing per shaft, we are actually using all 2.3 million pixels in the field of view. And that allows us to get to background things that are going on standard condition monitoring you're at a bearing point but what you're neglecting is the foot the floor the foundation piping structure in the background things that could ultimately result in the root cause of what's truly going on with the entire asset and frame versus condition monitoring you're just looking at individual points you're not looking at the entirety of what you see
0: And Now, one of the, the major things that you mentioned at the beginning of your answer there, of course, was safety. And as everyone knows, it's listening to this podcast that safety is number one in everything you do. So, how have you seen motion amplification technology meet some of those stringent safety measures?
1: The biggest thing inside of, let's say, we look at a fracking application or something like that, A lot of times the pipe and the equipment, when it's operating, those pressures can easily exceed 10,000 PSI plus. So in that application, you're not allowed to be within 50 to 100 feet of those high pressures. With motion amplification, we're able to set up that video camera outside of that, call it safety zone. With those restrictions, we can be safe outside of the zone, but we're able to actually capture data from process piping, from process equipment, without putting anybody in harm's way. We remain outside of that danger zone and we're able to simply just put different lenses on where we can zoom into specific aspects, collect the video, process it, and see things that normally you would not be able to see because it also doesn't matter what the substrate is. If we can see it, we can ultimately measure it.
0: Okay, and, and I, I wanna go back to something you said at the very beginning of our discussion, and that is every pixel the camera sees can become a virtual sensor. So can you explain a little bit more about how that works?
1: Yeah, to somewhat simplify it, in essence, what we are doing is we take each individual pixel and through our patented algorithm that Dr. Jeff Hay, our CEO, invented, we ultimately measure the light intensity difference of each one of those individual pixels. And with that and putting in known distances or lengths inside of the video, we can then quantify how much that individual pixel has actually moved. The key is where our cursor in the software becomes a virtual sensor. And as mentioned earlier, you simply click, drag and drop and inside of that box is where it calculates and provides you the FFT spectrum from the waveform inside of that box so you're not just getting data from where you placed a sensor you can ultimately measure anything inside of that video by using your cursor to place those regions of interest where you see movement occurring as you amplify it.
0: Okay, so now when you have this technology set up, I imagine that you have, of course, this large field of view. And then when you have that large field of view, I imagine that uh, the person using this is going to capture challenges that you just weren't expecting to see. So can you dive a little bit more into the amount of time um, that motion amplification can cut out of uh, this person that's working on this, their path to the root cause?
1: Yeah, I would say... You know, if we just look at what it takes to perform a standard operating deflection shape, where I want to measure something that's occurring on a simple motor pump system, I would, in essence, have to probably spend about one day creating the model inside of a modeling software. I then have to understand how many sensors I have available to take readings and where I want to assign those DOFs on inside of that modeling software. Then I'm going to have to go out and collect the data at those points that I identified. I'm going to have to take each one of those data sets that I acquire, and I then have to put that into the model interpolate the data, review the data, extract everything from it, create the model that then shows me what may or may not be moving. All of this, probably looking at about a week, a full week of time to go through that process. Versus motion amplification, what I'm able to do is ultimately unbox the camera, set it up, have it ready to go, take a recording, all that's done in less than 10 minutes of total time, even if you're an absolute beginner at setting the system up. And typically we only acquire five to 10 second videos. So to acquire the video, process the video, filter the video, do things of that nature, I can in essence do the exact same thing in less than an hour of total time and and that would be very intensive encompassing video processing amplification having the video output that can be reviewed on site right there without having to take days to just dig through the data
0: yeah, I'd say that uh, that's a pretty big benefit <laughs> in, in time savings, going <laughs> from like about a week to a couple hours. That's 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 fantastic. Uh, uh, one thing I want to do here, I, I kind of want to pivot a little bit because one of the biggest things that we've seen within the industry over the past several years is uh, the topic of workforce. Now, sometimes getting these different certifications, such as like a CAT one vibration certification, can take a pretty substantial amount of time. Uh, to, to, to receive those and of course that creates kind of a large gap in vibration a- analysts, which i think we're seeing currently so with this technology motion amplification how long does it take to really learn it
1: yeah when somebody purchases one of our systems we have a very comprehensive three-day training course that actually includes a certification exam at the end of the course and that course is specifically developed to be both educational as far as how each aspect of it works but it's also hands-on actually working in the software with video capture processing amplifying those videos all under tutelage of our trainers and it may take time to understand those complex spectrums and waveforms with standard call it vibration analysis, but our output being a video is something that anyone can clearly understand and see what's moving. You're able to get the quantified data of how much it's moving. And if you need to, we are able to provide those complex spectrums and waveforms If you want to look into that particular data, if you have that skill set. But I would say oftentimes the videos are ultimately what drive clear communication and understanding of what's occurring. You don't have to have an individual with a vibration background to understand the blips and blurps, the spectral data, the waveform. Easiest way I can explain it is if you go to a cardiologist, we all know what an EKG is, but we don't know that this little blip blurp means that your right ventricle is not closing properly. You need years of experience to understand that versus the video shows you the movement, everybody's part of that communication, and everybody's able to simply see what is going on. And that's our motto. Seeing is believing.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty amazing because, yeah, I can totally understand that with with video that you can actually see it uh, and and see how it's how it's working. Um, And and so that's what I was kind of wanted to go into. My next question is so you have the video and it gives you this accurate vibration data. And then now I guess it's the whole idea of explaining that to management. Now, you've gone over a little bit of that, but. I I'd I'd imagine that when you have this kind of video and this data, the budget approvals become quicker, easier. So I'm kind of curious if, if you had any type of example of how this has helped one of your customers.
1: Yeah, I had one oil and gas customer that in the video we were able to observe a small bore pipe coming off of one of the large pipe that was holding instrumentation. You know, a lot of times you have smaller bore ancillary type pipes with instrumentation, pressure gauges. In the videos, when you're able to physically see that smaller pipe moving, but more importantly, because it's digital, you can also zoom in and see how it's deflecting the sidewall of the larger bore pipe. That typically leads to weld fractures, you know, leaks, things that are bad in the industry. And what they're able to do is physically see that. And before the failure occurs, they can then go in and simply get their engineering involved to engineer some sort of a saddle for support. And they did just that. They saw that small ancillary pipe literally moving and flexing the large bore pipe sidewall, and when they supported that afterwards, it literally reduced the overall movement by greater than 94% and brought everything down where now you don't have to worry about the failure of that small pipe.
0: Excellent, excellent. So um, I got one or two more questions for you. This last one, um, uh, this this latest one I wanted to run by is, so a lot of people in the industry refer to the DIPF curve or design installation potential failure and failure. So this can of course help map out what technologies are useful and needed at each stage of the curve, um, you know, whether it's one of those DIP or hopefully not failure. Um, so where do you see motion amplification useful when you're using this as a guide?
1: Yeah, motion amplification can be utilized in all stages of that curve. Um, if we begin at the beginning, when you look at the design, there's always some question as to, how are all of the components going to interact with each other with motion amplification you can review what is occurring when you perform the very first call it fat test factory acceptance test where any changes needed or observed can be addressed before it even goes to the next stage which would be the installation phase at the installation the camera has one of its greatest values when you get into commissioning. You can actually review the installation. The system identifies those anomalies or unacceptable conditions with base, structure, piping, things that aren't even really considered they are looked at individually, but you can see them all together and how they interact at that commissioning phase. And all of those can then be addressed with people that are responsible for the installation. And there ultimately seems to be minimal arguments between the two parties when both of those parties can see and comprehend what is moving in the videos versus just using hard data, because then it becomes this interpretation of the complex vibration spectrums, the waveform data, and we can ultimately mitigate that argument between the two parties by each agreeing that they both see this and that's not acceptable. So when we use the 2.3 million pixels of data, it gives you if you think about it, an astronomically larger sample of data that you're using to identify potential problems before you even accept it and you even turn it on. The failure can then go back to that small bore piping that I addressed, where if you saw that at the very beginning, you can engineer out the issue that's not going to occur in the future, so you, in effect, avoid that failure part of it.
0: No, I know that's that's it's great technology, and I really want to thank you for giving us a couple of time, a couple of minutes of your time today. And so, just while we ended here, um, you know, we've gone over, of course, the benefits, especially when it' about saving time. It's a lot safer. Uh, d- technology to monitor these assets, and so um, I'm just kind of curious. And if you just have any final thoughts you'd like to leave our listeners with before we uh, before we check out,
1: yeah, I think one of the biggest things is that, to me, over the 32 years, one thing that I've seen is you know ultimately reliability has constantly evolved, and so has RDI. You know, we have innovations to the f- future technologies in the market where we have Spot, the robotic dog, where a lot of people are looking at that as autonomous collection, but we do have the only payload capable of measuring motion amplification video and providing vibration data from Spot, where we also can utilize our new modal amplified product where we have introduced using the camera with a force hammer and simplify the complex process of even modal analysis. And of course, if you want to learn anything about RDI, the innovative technology, you know, you can go to our website at www.rditechnologies.com. You can review our products, offerings, and if you want to contact us about anything that you have, you know, you can get a hold of one of our local representatives from RDI that can help with that. And of course, you know, always sign up to our newsletter if you can. You know, we have a ton of webinars where we go over the technology, the use cases, the specific industries. And, you know, we do have articles that are written in specific magazines to those industries as well. So there's always information that we're trying to get out there as far as how the technology is used, how it's being innovative, and how it meets and exceeds the needs that our customers actually have.
0: Excellent. Well, really, Paul, I can't thank you enough for your time today to discuss this technology. It sounds pretty amazing uh, technology that our professionals in this industry are going to be using uh, to really optimize their operations. So I really want to thank you for your time today. And of course, we really want to thank all of you for listening to the latest installment of Hydrocarbon Processing's podcast series, The Main Column.